Brick. My name's Lyra. My name is Allie. And today's episode, we're going to talk about conspiracy theories. Yes. So in your mind, what is a conspiracy theory? Mm, Why would you make me think? Um, So a conspiracy theory is something that... Oh, this is my own definition. I mean, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. What what do you... Um, What's your view on conspiracy? What is a conspiracy theory? So it's kind of something that helps explain what's going on in the world, whether it's like an event or like one strange like phenomena. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really all it got. It's just kind of an explanation. I mean, it's pretty close to it. It's a theory that explains an event or set of events as the result of a secret plot by powerful conspirators. Can I interject really quickly? What? That definition uses theory in it. And it's describing what a conspiracy theory is. Yeah. Do you want me to break down what a theory is? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you shit. Um, but also conspiracy theories are asserting a secret of great importance is being kept from the pl- public. Public. Yes. And especially nowadays conspiracy theories have gone up in popularity because of covid and the presidential election stuff and if you're in america and (laughs) (laughs) and all that good stuff love that yep we live in a society but researchers also think that it seems like there's an uptick in conspiracy theories being popular because of social media and it's more like as opposed to someone on the street corner just yelling the government's out to get us blah 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 now someone has a platform and can talk to millions of people and spread the theories they believe in but they think on average it's the same amount of people believe in conspiracy theories but like some people aren't being open about it gotcha okay yeah i mean that that makes makes a lot more sense yeah I mean, even if you think about it, like when you're on social media, a lot of people will comment, but they might not say it outwardly. Yeah. It's like, you're still honest, but not not completely honest. Mm -hmm. Or even them likes. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to say anything. Just like, it's a interactive little nod to the creator. Yeah. Um, But there's also during the COVID and pandemic there was all those theories and QAnon so especially with QAnon we've seen a rise in certain in my opinion ridiculous theories yeah and no hard agree on that one um because there was a whole in was it 2024 I think it is in 2024 JFK JFK or Robert or his brother, I forget the brothers. I think it is Robert Kennedy. I don't know anything. <laughs> but he's supposed to come back as not really being dead and run as tr- Trump's vice president. That's a QAnon theory. Wait, JFK's brother is supposed to be yeah, Bobby Donald Kennedy. Trump's yeah, running vice mate. president. Yes. What? <laughs> he's going to come out of from being dead. This is saying, I'm not dead, fools. And run with Donald Trump for president. 
as his vice president. Why am I imagining like him just rising like from a platform that's underground, <laughs> spinning around with fog? That's what the presidential debate's gonna be. Surprise, bitch! <laughs> just rotating up. Oh no! I mean, I don't know how I feel about that specifically. I mean, he's dead, so I can't really tell what his opinions are. Yeah. As long as it's not Ronald Reagan, though. Why not? What's wrong with Ronald Reagan? Reagan economics. I do. Oh. I don't remember that. We we do not stand Ronald Reagan in this household. Oh, okay. As I'm in your household. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all I know is that he was loved by some people for his movies. Do we really need celebrities to be in power, though? No. Yeah. They can be smart, but... Well, look at it this way. Would you want Kanye West as president? I mean, ye. Would you want ye West as president? <laughs> he changed his name. I didn't even know that. Yeah. But you know what it reminds me of? Um, uh, You've seen the, the whole TikTok thing. Hey, we got the whole gang here. Here we got... Mm. <laughs> yes. It. And me. I remember that TikTok. Yeah, I love that's that what TikTok. it reminds me of. Yeah, his name's Yee West now. No, oh. did we all get Yeezys? No. no. Then no, I don't want him to run. <laughs> Every American household will get one pair of Yeezys. Listen, oh, you'd have my God. vote. I don't even like his clothes. <laughs> but back like, to what? I just like free stuff. Oh, that's true. But they're ugly. Still free. Back on topic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I did look up two. One is a professor of political science at Syracuse University. University. Mm -hmm. That's Michael Barkin. Um, The other guy I looked up is Jesse Walker. He's a book editor for Reason Magazine. So Jesse classified five types of conspiracy theories. This was all in um, modern times, too. This wasn't like back back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, But Jesse Walker classified five types of conspiracy theories. There's the enemy outside, the enemy within, the enemy above, the enemy below, and benevolent conspiracy theories. So the enemy outside is based on figures allegedly to be scheming against a community from without. They're not part of the community. Okay. The enemy within is conspirators lurking with inside the nation, indistinguishable from ordinary citizens. So just think of if you're a community, there are people inside the community plotting against that community. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. The enemy above involves powerful people God. manipulating a events for for their own gain. Don't lie to me. It's just God it's spreading just, rumors. God's like, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> He's where the rumors are. people start. in power who are spreading Basically, conspiracy theories. Okay. Yeah. And that's, so, I'm assuming, because I mean, they want to throw off, you know, the community. A good example is Donald Trump. Because he's the reason why all those QAnon conspiracy theories came about. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Because he would be like, this was rigged, or this happened, or... Okay, yeah, now that you explain it, it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Um, The enemy below is the lower classes working to overturn the social order. 
Okay. So I just think of like a revolution. They're conspiring to overthrow the government. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then benevolent conspiracy theories are angelic forces that work behind the scenes to improve the world or help people. I'm sorry, but excuse me, what? (laughs) I kind of think of it as like, so think of like, I would say kind of like the Illuminati. A lot of people think it's this giant organization working to make the world a better place, but for, for them most likely. Or if you ever heard, like, um, with aliens, they're said to be the, it's literally like the white hat aliens or the black hat aliens, where basically the white, white hatted aliens are working to improve humanity mm-hmm. and they're trying to better humanity and they try not to get involved. This is a lot, I know. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> The other ones, the black cap um, or hat aliens, are actively trying to not destroy humanity, but get their own personal gain out of it, and also like like affect humanity negatively. It's just like good versus evil type of stuff. Okay, I'm gonna pretend that I do know what you mean, because this one's the one that confuses me the most. Um, I'm sh- I'm sure you could hear the dial-up noises like going on in my head. <laughs> I, yeah, not a lot is going on in there. I mean, you can also think of it as like God and the devil. Okay, just think so of it like see, that. I, I was yeah. right. I was kind of right before. Yeah. Just wrong, Where wrong category. Like God's working on one side to make everything better, while the devil's working on the other side to make everything worse. So that was um. Jesse Walker's five types of conspiracy theories. Okay. Which some of them are like, oh, yeah, 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 I get it. But then some of them are like, that just sounds like the other one. I feel like that happens a lot when you get to like these kind of things. Everything is like super close to each other, but they're not categorized as the same thing. It's like lavender and lilac. They're the same, but different. They're the same. You would say, some people would say they're different. Some people would say they're the same color. Oh, okay, gotcha. I thought we were talking about, like, the flowers. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm talking about, like, the shades of colors. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, that makes a lot of sense now. I thought we were actually talking about the flower, and it was like, um, they're, I'm pretty sure they're completely different. They look different. (laughs) But then there's Michael Barkin who's a professor of political science at Syracuse University, he identified three types, which I kind of like them more. Okay. But that's uh, being biased, kind of. There's event conspiracy theories, and these are limited and well-defined events. So if you think COVID-19, 9-11 was, was an inside job. I was 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> 9-11 was an inside job. There's systematic conspiracy theories, which is it believes... Like the conspiracy has a broader goal and usually it's it wants to sec- secure control of a country, a region, or the entire world. So like the Illuminati wants to take over the entire world. Okay. And then there are super conspiracy theories, which is linking multiple conspiracy theories all into one. So that would be like Bush did 9-11 so that COVID-19 would happen? 
to that something else would happen yeah if you like somehow link all these different events find something to link all these different events gotcha yeah, so that's the definition, definition and the different types of conspiracy theories. Now we're going to get into the theories. So my first one is called the Dead Baby Project. What do you think happened? I think there are babies involved that are no longer alive. Yeah. Um, they either died because of this whole like whatever is in the conspiracy theory or they were brought in as dead babies and used for experiments or something pretty much yeah um the sick the thought was that the u.s government people thought the u.s government was stealing dead babies to experiment on which that's not cash money it's not because it is actually true Um, It's known as Project Sunshine, and in 1946, President Truman signed the the McMahon Act, which created the United States Atomic Energy Commission, AEC. Mm -hmm. Their purpose was to research atomic energy, not only for the use in weapons, but also to promote world peace, for use to improve public welfare, and to strengthen free enterprise competition. So essentially what's happening is he signed this act that moved it from the military controlling it to now civilians. So any company can say, I want to research this for this purpose. Okay. Yeah. So the military and the government no longer control the experiments on atomic energy. So anybody can just basically apply to... Experiment mm-hmm. on deceased babies. Well, no, 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 no. The babies oh, okay. haven't come in. Oh, this okay. is just him establishing a commission. It is established the commissions that's going to oversee it. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you told them you had a good reason for um, researching atomic energy, mm-hmm. they'll they'll let you. They'll go. Oh, oh. Okay, that sounds cool. Like, I'm going to make atomic alarm clocks. <laughs> And they'll be like, okay, guy. And then they'll let you research that? Yeah, pretty right. much. Kind of weird, but okay. Well, I think it's just that whole trying to perfect nuclear fission for energy purposes. Mm, okay. It's supposed to be like if they perfected it, they can... Um, I forget the size of the neighborhood, but they would be able to power an entire neighborhood. Unlimited power. Okay, I guess. And so if they, if let's say, um, um, like a public company or whatever it was, they researched this, they found out how to do that, the government would now be able to take over that knowledge and use it for everything else or? They would be, I think they would be able to take it. But again, it's like, think of Edison, the power company. If they had it, they can make money off of it. They don't necessarily have, they just have to follow the guidelines, but they can, they can research it and start making money off of it. Okay. Yeah. So after, so this happened in 1946. Mm-hmm. So in 1953, 
the Atomic Energy Commission wanted to research how nuclear fallout would impact the world's population, specifically the long-term effects on the biosphere when repeated detonations with increasing yields. So basically a bomb with... It's just like the bomb has more and more nuclear gotcha. power so it, to it. They, they'd start off with like one and then the next one would have a power of like two, yeah. three, four, five, and yeah. then so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the project was commissioned by the AEC and the United States Air Force RAND project. Today, this com- So this corporation is still around today. It is an American nonprofit think tank which offered its research and analysis to the U.S. Armed Forces. And they're funded by the government, private donations, universities, and private individuals. And that company's name? Oh, Rand Corporation. They were known as the Rand Project, and now they're the Rand <laughs> okay. Corporation. I was going to make a joke. Oh, no. Say, and that company? <laughs> It's like toaster strudel or something. It's not <laughs> even Pillsbury. Pillsbury. <laughs> but that's what it's it's like. The commission can think of a project mm-hmm. and give an outside source, so civilians, the funding to research it for them. Gotcha. So okay. that's why okay. it's like the Connecting government the doesn't control it. It makes sense now. Yeah. So the Project Sunshine was commissioned at the conclusion of Project Gabriel which concluded that radioactive isotope strontium-90 was the most harmful to life globally. Which is like, if you know it's harmful to life, what more do you need, yeah. more do you need to know? I mean, I can only think of like if you, um, if you just wanted to research what like small trace amounts would be, how like that would affect living things. Mm-hmm. But not like, if you know it's at this concentration or this whatever level it is, and it's dangerous to humans, that's all you really need to know. You don't need to know no, like, go past that. I mean, you... S- I guess they didn't... Ex- I don't actually know if they existed yet, but, like, body farms? Use a body farm for that. I don't know. I mean, they create I, their own body farms. They, yeah, I guess they did, but... <laughs> okay. This is the okay. age where consent was... Consent from the individuals was still not... It was non-existent. Yeah. But the commissioner of, of the Atomic Energy Commission, one of them, Dr. Willard Libby, surmised that there was a lack of data regarding the effects of nuclear fallout on human tissue. Mm-hmm. And like just people in general, because there was a lack of human tissue samples for analysis, specifically young human tissue samples. Why young? Why do we need to test this out on younger people? I don't know why. I I don't know if it has to do with like young people don't have the of like maybe trauma older people might have on their body samples. But I mean that would still be important though. It's kind of, again like going back to the whole body form thing. They have to break down how to like how all forms of decomposition affect people no matter the age. So. Uh, he put an importance on young tissue samples. I think that's just kind of creepy, but okay. And he was quoted to say, I don't know how to get them, but I do say that it is a matter of prime importance to get them, and particularly in the young age group. So human samples are often of prime importance, and if anybody knows how to do a good job of body snatching, 
They will really be serving their country. That's some really sketchy wording. Body snatching. Body snatching. Somehow doesn't feel ethical. There might be a red flag at half mass. But as an empath, I feel like I might be wrong. Or incredibly right. (laughs) I mean, the way they... So they started getting cadavers of babies and young children. And not just from America. It was coming from Europe and Australia, too. Mm -hmm. And it was coming from hospitals, universities, like different types of places that children would die. Yeah. And the parents didn't know about it. They just took... There's one woman who... Her baby was taken and she was like, I don't know if they just took the leg, but when they went to bury her, the hospital was very adamant that she could not dress her own baby for her funeral. Mm-hmm. The, the hospital was going to dress her for her. And that was it. She couldn't she couldn't come in contact with the baby's body after it passed. And that was because she was missing limbs. Mm, and they hadn't told her about it. No, they didn't want to get in any yeah. trouble. And this led to 1,500 samples being acquired, only 500 being analyzed. What happened to the other 1,000? Do you know? No, but I figured it's like, when you, you know when you're doing experiments, some are successful or like, oh, oh yeah, and sometimes you I can't use this yeah. one or it's probably something like that. Yeah, okay. But so what ended up happening was... The, there was an investigation that began when a British newspaper um, got reports from British scientists acquiring bodies from various hop- hospitals and shipping the bodies to the United States. Which is like the public's wondering, what's going? why is this happening? Why are we sending mm-hmm. bodies to the United States? And this prompted Australia to open an investigation as well, hearing the reports from Britain. The public became aware of the project in 1956, but the gruesome acquisition of cadavers and the use of them wasn't known until 1995, when President Clinton released classified documentation regarding the projects. And everybody who was involved was found out. I mean, you release the documentation. <laughs> Still, it's under his presidency. No, 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 no. This was happening in the oh. 1950s, 1950s, oh. yeah. It only happened oh, okay, for three gotcha. years. Yeah, it was in 1953. I'm <laughs> saying that... I'm completely confused about the timeline. In 95 is when they released documentation about it. Gotcha. Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to blame him anyways. But the good thing that happened is, so after the public became aware in 56, they moved the project to Belgium in 58. Mm-hmm. And instead of using young tissue samples, scientists were researching the results on soil. So why they were researching on soil was because they wanted to see if they grow plants from the soil and if the animals that we eat ate the plants, mm-hmm. how much traces of radiation is inside of there, inside the meat, or even the plants grown from that soil. Okay. 
And if humans consume it, how much is going to be inside their body? See, I feel like that is much more useful research than what probably was happening with the little babies. Yeah, it was very sad. Um, quick question, though. When they were measuring the trace amounts of radiation, was that right? Yes. Right. Of radiation um, that would show up in humans after it was found in soil, then consumed by animals, and then those animals were consumed by humans. Did those humans know that they were being tested on, too? Or was it, again, turning a blind eye? I don't know that answer. God damn it, Belgium. <laughs> Love your waffles. But I do. I did see, or I did read that um, the traces found in humans were mm-hmm. very, very low. Okay. So, like, somewhere in the process, they found that a certain type of plant would, I don't want to say break it down, break down the radiation, but it wouldn't contain as much as the soil did. Okay. Then I can feel pretty safe thinking about the animals too then. Well, I mean, I don't know about the animals. I mean, if the plants broke it down pretty well, then the animals ate it. They probably broke it down decently well too. Mm. Yeah. That was Project Sunshine. That's fucked. Why? Why, government? Why? Well, I mean, it isn't during a day and age where they just discovered nuclear energy, or especially mm-hmm. with the atomic bomb. Yeah. So they want, you know how humans are, they want to go, what if I did this? But what if we didn't? But what if we did But what if, instead of doing that, we didn't? The government's very messed up. Yes. Especially during this time. Yeah, that's very true. I have another one that, I mean, all the three conspiracy <laughs> theories I have are all the government experimenting on people. So the next one, next conspiracy theory, which, I mean, it was true, was the Tuskegee Tus- experiment. I thought you were going to say Tuscany, and I thought we were going to talk oh, about no. butter or something. It happens in Alabama. In Bama? Yes. But the goal of this study was to study the effects of syphilis when it is left untreated. Um, spoiler, it's bad, isn't it? I mean, you can end up blind, deaf, with um, mental disorders or like brain damage, basically, um, or die. It'll eventually, I mean, that's the end of it. Is yeah. It'll infect your organs and you cause failure. But in 1928, the old Oslo study of untreated syphilis reported the pathology of syphilis is in white men. They just pieced together the information from patients who were left untreated. So they didn't really experiment on them so much Mm -hmm. as they just gathered gathered data from um, white men um, infected with syphilis. And just kind of went like, okay, so this guy is untreated and this happened to him. And this guy was untreated and this happened to him. Rather than what they do with the black men in this study. In a different study. I'm sensing a bit of um. Oh, what do you call it here? <laughs> Racism. 
Mm, yes, yes, that's it. A little bit of racism. Uh, how does that not surprise me? America. I mean, it is the 20s Alabama. What's... You'll... you'll well, I'll get to it, but it's very messed up how long this study goes on for. Because what? when are we in right now? We're on... Oh, 19? we're in... Um, year. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you meant our current... I was like, 2022? <laughs> I mean, I also don't remember that no, half the time. This is 1928 when 1928, the Olsen, okay. Oslo, not Olsen, Oslo study happened. <laughs> but starting in 1932 in Mac- Macon County, Alabama, the Public Health Service and Tuskegee, Tuskegee University enrolled 600 African-American men some of who had latent syphilis, which is just like, it's not active. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're infected, but it's not like, I guess they have sta- the stages of syphilis. There's a stage where it's like, it shows no symptoms or anything. Kind of like herpes. Thank you. Well, I, I saying, may have to. <laughs> saying you have herpes. I'm just saying. I'm like, like, I'm pretty sure I don't. Should I go get tested? But you know how herpes has like, when you have like. If you ever read about genital herpes, you have like flare ups and then you have like oh, times and it goes where away. it's not yeah. affecting you. Okay. Or even like cold sores. Some people get cold sores and it like flares up and then the cold sore goes away and then it comes back. I mean, that's herpes. Yes, yes. I do know that. And just, I think I just need to brush up on my knowledge of STDs and STI or STIs, whatever it is. Well, everyone has herpes simplex, which is. That happens around your mouth. Pretty much everybody. As I say, I don't think I do. I've gotten pimples, but like that's it. So the Public Health Service and Tuskegee University, under the guise of giving out free health care and administering treatment for bad blood. So that's what they told these 600 African-American men. Um, these men lived in poverty and were sharecroppers. So that means they would share the land. They would go to a similar plot of land Mm -hmm. and they all just grow on there and reap the whatever crops they had. Okay. And so because of this, they would otherwise have not received healthcare Mm -hmm. because it was expensive. It's kind of America. (laughs) 399 had syphilis while 201 did not. Okay. Um, the researchers reasoned that they, these men weren't going to get treatment anyways, so they weren't harming them in any way. Somehow, ethically, I don't think that's okay. <laughs> it's not. They also you were be- <laughs> offering them free health care, so they were hoping to get treatment. Well, that's also the thing is they would keep their syphilis test mm-hmm. from them. Oh, so they didn't even so know they, that they had it. Some of them wouldn't even know if they had it. But the research researchers believed the effects of syphilis depended on your race and in African Americans is affected it affected your cardiovascular system more than your nervous system. That true or no? no? I don't think it would no, be. No, it's not true at all. <laughs> I mean, listen, you made it sound like they found something. No, this is just, it's racist again, yeah. where 
research are believing that white people won't get affected as much as like an african-american one so that's why it's like they believed oh it's gonna affect their heart more than their nervous system yeah it's just good old racism love it i don't love it yep nope 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 um so these men were provided with health and mental care but no actual treatments were given to them they were unaware of their syphilis diagnosis and were given placebo or ineffective methods of treatment. So at the time, treatment methods were arsenic-based compounds, mercurial ointments, and bismuth, which are all toxic to humans. I was going to say, I know the first two are toxic. Mm-hmm. What the heck is bismuth, though? Bis- I have looked it up. Sounds like biscuit. Oh. When I looked it up, I, I was I was like, remember this. It's radioactive. It's weakly radioactive. It's a post-transitional metal and one of the nictogens. So it's it's a sibling to arsenic. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's metal, I guess. But I'm guessing that they weren't giving these things thinking that it was going to harm them more. It was more of just, again, like, a sign of the times, ignorantly thinking that these things were actually good for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was more like, they knew the treatments weren't as effective getting rid mm-hmm. of syphilis, but they were like, oh, let's just give them, let's just see the effects of this probably too. Gotcha. Okay. And the original timeline of the experiment was supposed to be six months to a year with a treatment phase in there. It extended for 40 years. And the experiment continued even when they lost funding for it. Do we know why they lost funding? Because they, I have the year in here later, but okay. I mean, an actual treatment yeah. was discovered for syphilis uh, okay. that is used today still. So it's just like this yeah. whole research was just be- has become it just like became moot. a moot point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I also have, do you know what syphilis is? Mm, no. It's a bacterial infection, typically spread by sexual contact. It'll start, its primary stage starts as a sore. The secondary stage, you get rash, rashes um, along with the fever, sore throat, headache, patchy hair loss, muscle aches, and weight loss. The latent stage is that it's there but you don't know what's there because all symptoms go away. Okay. So it's just like dormant. Um, the tetriary stage can occur 10 to 30 years after infection and is when it is left untreated. And in this stage, infections will begin to damage your internal organs and can result in death. And during any of these stages, it can spread to your brain, nervous system, eyes, or cause serious damage to your internal organs. Or pretty much your whole body. Yeah. Spooky. Again, it, it's it's an STI? Yes. STD? Yes, because okay. it can be cleared up. Okay. Yeah, see, I, I just need to brush up on these things, because this sounds scary. And again, 
I mean, it's not as big as a problem now as it was. Still. Because <laughs> syphilis has been around since the medieval times. That That's how me. some kings died. I mean, good. I mean, yeah. Die, bitch. They thought um, Henry VIII died of a syphilis infection. Is he the really fat one? Yes. I mean, I, <laughs> no matter They're who you say. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. But I he, think had we like all a, are. he got like a hunting wound that never he healed. And so people were like, oh, I think he died of syphilis. Oh, okay. I don't know. But it's a king killer. No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, knowing this about... Because researchers are aware of these stages of syphilis and the harm it can cause. Knowing this, they still went on with their... What? I think I was thinking of William Howard Taft. Who? <laughs> the, the president who got stuck in his bathtub. <laughs> It's not even English royalty. I don't think so. No. I've never heard of him. The the president who got stuck in his bathtub? Taft got stuck in his bathtub? I'm pretty sure he did. I'm going to look that up after this. But anyways, I don't know how I confused the two of them. Because I had this image of him, and then I thought of the bathtub, and then you said medieval, and it was kind of fuzzy. And then I thought, well, they probably had bathtubs. It would be Victorian, or the 20s. Yeah. Not but that. he was an extremely fat president yes. from report. Well, yes. not extremely had, fat. fat he, he was larger than yes. most. Anyways, please go on. <laughs> but, but so researchers knew the risks um, and allowed these men to fall into harm's way, even though it could result in these internal organs being damaged, blindness, deaf, mental illness, heart disease, damage to the nervous system, or also spreading to others. Because Karen's again, this, carrying is, this, point. this is a sexually transmitted disease. Mm-hmm. If you don't know you have it, you're not going to be as careful. Nope. So there were treatments at the time. So we talked about them. Those in a, like the ones that are harmful to humans because it can poison you. Yeah. As a the result. Ine- the technically ineffective ones. <laughs> And after eight months of the the project or the research, um, some of the men were treated with the treatments at the time. Mm-hmm. Others, however, got placebo treatments, ineffective treatments, and other procedures under the pretense of treating their bad blood. The researchers could have chosen to do many things that would have benefited these men, but they chose to administer these ineffective treatments or placebos just to see what it would do. And again, this research started in 1932. And in 1947, penicillin became a primary form of treatment that they could have used to treat the men. But they didn't. Of course they didn't. Um, One of the ways they were checking up on patients was to do a spinal tap, which is when they take a needle... And they insert it into your spinal cord to take the fluid out of there to do tests on it, which it is very, very painful. I was going to say, I feel like I remember that being a painful thing. Yes. Ink. And so because it's a painful treatment, so I'm sure people aren't 
like these men were running to get this test done. Yeah. They would send out flyers to the men saying last chance for special free treatment. Gotta hit the government. (laughs) (laughs) And I think what's also sad is that the medical community was aware of this. um, But they just weren't stepping in. Yeah. They first published some of their findings in 1934. So two years after it started. Mm -hmm. And a major report in 1936, so four years after it started, continuing to publish their findings throughout the duration of the experiment. So doesn't that go against, like, their um, code of ethics or whatever for doctors and stuff? Or is it different because they're researchers? I think, no, I think they would be held to the same standards because they're still, like, doctors and stuff. What is that called, by the way? The It's an oath. Yeah. The Hippocratic? Yeah, it's the Hippocratic Oath. Okay. Exactly what it is. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. I thought that was something different. Cause I, was think- I think I was thinking of HIPAA. Because people always put H-I-P-P-A, and it's, I think, H-I-P-A-A. Yeah, it is. I think so. Yeah. But I think the difference, why they could, like, get away with it, is because they said they're researching. So in the name of science. I don't know. I, I feel like they definitely broke it, especially after like that cure was found. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, is it really ethical to put somebody through this treatment, put their life in danger just to find out more information? And I thought there's again no consent, but it's before the time. Yeah. And the, there's, at this time also, there's no real regulations on human experimentation. So, like, you could sign up for an experiment and they don't have to tell you what it's for. They don't really have to tell you what they're going to do to you. Mm-hmm. And you, if something negative happens to you, it's kind of like, well, you agreed to it. Yeah. You can't retaliate because you signed an agreement. Yeah. I don't even know if they had agreements at the time. Uh, well, probably. I, I think so. They if they, like, at something. least signed up for it, that's an agreement to t- uh, partake in it. Mm-hmm. So now we're during World War II. Mm-hmm. 256 of the infected test subjects registered for the draft. They were then told by the military they have syphilis and needed to seek treatment before being eligible for the draft. The public health service found a way to prevent them from getting treatment. Um, Dr. Raymond A. Vonderler, the on-site director said this study is of great importance from the sci- from a scientific standpoint it represents one of the last opportunities which the science of medicine will have to conduct an investigation of this kind dr smith asked that these men be ex- excluded from the list of draftees needing to be treated in order to make it possible to continue the study on an effective basis And he would just argue for the continuation of the study and also for the importance of the painful lumbar puncture, so that um, spinal tap. Mm-hmm. And that the, the experiment should be continued until the subjects could be brought to autopsy. So until they died. Yes. <laughs> so you're telling me 
these men want to go, you know, get drafted. They're told yes. they have they a signed condition. up for the draft. Yeah. yeah, they signed up for the draft. Um, they were told you can't because you have syphilis. Go yes. get treatment. Mm-hmm. And then people told them, "Sorry, no. Like we're not going to give you any treatment. Also, mm-hmm. we want to follow you so that we understand what's happening to you mm-hmm. and." You're basically you. You don't get a say in it. We're just gonna keep like researching you. Well, it might be that the men went to the military mm-hmm. and got the test done because you know how you have to clear the medical to be able to be drafted. Sure. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens if you have to clear. Like for certain, I think for certain units too, like Air Force, you have to have like twenty twenty vision. I know that or something one. Yeah. Like, yeah. A- anytime that you have so, to pilot something. Yeah. So basically, it's similar. During World War Two, they would have these medical places set up that you mm-hmm. can go clear and be drafted. That's why if you ever watch Pearl Harbor, I think it's Ben Affleck's character. He has trouble with his vision, but right. he has her like alter the test so he can be in the draft. Okay, yes. that's a good movie. Also, it took me forever to realize that that was Ben Affleck. Yes, it is Ben Affleck. <laughs> These men probably went to be cleared, though. And probably because they, they're getting free health care from the public health service. They mm-hmm. were probably told, oh, yes, yes, we'll, we'll treat you mm. without actually giving them effective treatment. Which, again, by this time, penicillin was an effective treatment. Yeah. So, wait, I have a question. How long does it take to clear up, like, syphilis? I didn't look at that. I can look right now. Okay, so it says, if you've been treated for syphilis, you should not have sex for seven days after your treatment is over. Also, if your sex partners are not treated, you can get syphilis again. Do not have sex with any partner who has syphilis until seven days after he or she finishes treatment. So it's essentially like seven days? Yeah, just a week. How long does treatment take? Is it just a one and done thing? Mm -hmm. Again, I don't know anything about this. I'm sorry. I'm asking questions. Oh, it's a penicillin shot. Oh, that's it? Okay, so it's essentially just a week. Okay. Because I was thinking, like, how messed up would it be that... um, these men, again, like, they go to the thing, they got the exam, they, they're they told that they have syphilis, they go to treatment, um, and then they, because I don't know if it was common knowledge how long it would take for, the, for it to clear up, they were told things like, oh, it'll take years for this to clear up, so you mm-hmm. actually can't, you know, participate in this war, most likely, which I don't, I guess that's a bad wording, but, you know, you know what I mean. But you, can, sure. you can't sign up and, yeah. like, actually um, go on the front lines or anything like that. For, like, let's say two or three years. And, I mean, I, I, I don't remember when World War Two ended, actually. I'm bad. I should know. But I, I don't I, think it ended in 40. It was still in the 40s, right? Now we're going to look up when World oh, War Two ended. 47. I'm going to guess 47. Um, oh, I'm boy. very bad at history. I'm sorry. Oopsies. War Two. Oh, it was for 45. Okay. It started in like 42 or something? Started in 39. 39. Okay, so it went for like six years. Yeah. Um. But again, if they were like in the middle of that, they would just completely like miss out on everything. Oh, wait. So penicillin came after World War II then. Oh. True. 
But either but way, I mean, they, they, they weren't getting, getting the treatment. Yeah, yeah, they weren't gonna, they weren't gonna get treatment anyways. Yeah, but I mean, like again, like if they were told, like, oh, it's gonna take years for this to clear up, and in reality, it only took like a week. Mm-hmm. It's just like that's fucked. Again, like I, I, I can't get into this mentality because I'm so anti like military. <laughs> But uh, I just well, it's just men the, wanting to serve their country. Exactly, that that'd be so disappointing. Yeah, like I got you, fam. I understand where you're coming from. I just don't get it. I'd rather just lie in bed and eat some cookie dough <laughs> and wait for it to end. <laughs> Listen, but if we get bombed, I'm just gonna be like, well, this is how it ends. Good night, everybody. Hold my cats. I'm a dog. So you may be wondering, what about the 201 men who didn't have syphilis? I was wondering that. Did they give him it? No, they did not give him it. Oh. But some of these men eventually contracted syphilis. And when Dr. Smith, who's like the lead researcher at the mm-hmm. time, or on this project, asked Dr. Von Tol- Vonderler, it's a German last name, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're doing um, great. <laughs> he asked him, what do I do? Like, they didn't have syphilis, and now they do. And Vondeler said, so far we are keeping the known positive patients from getting treatment. Is a control case study of any value to the study? Or no. Is a control case of any value to the study if he has contracted syphilis? Shall we withhold treatment from the control case who has developed syphilis? So basically... He's asking him, Dr. Vendler. Mm-hmm. Never mind. I mix it up. This is what Dr. Smith's acting. Okay. Vendler. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to read his response after. But he's asking, what do I do with the control specimen that now has what we didn't want him to have? Yeah. And Vendler replied that these cases, quote, have lost their value to the study. There is no reason why these patients should not be given appropriate treatment. Unless you hear from Dr. Austin... Del- Delbert, Delbert, who is in direct charge of the study. And they're only giving giving them treatment because they lost their value to them as a control. Yeah. So, I mean, they had the means and the resources to be able to give everybody treatment. Yes. They just chose not to. Yes. So, for the, the men who did contract syphilis and were part of the control group... Were they released from the study because they contracted it and they were no longer, like, completely clear, well, never had it or anything like that? Or were they still a part of that control group, still continuing to receive, like, healthcare and all that? No, I think they were released from the study once they, once they were like, oh, well, you're not a control anymore. Yeah, you're no use to us, so get out of here. Here's your your shot. Get out. Get out. But yeah, that's the only way any of these men got it. Yeah, so they just kind of looked out by control, part of like that control yeah. group. They were not infected, mm-hmm. became infected, and lost their value, so they gave them treatment. That's messed up. Yep. Here's the next thing. Really messed up. Okay. So in 1947, when pelis- penicillin became the standard treatment for syphilis. The government sponsored health programs and rapid treatment centers to help get rid of the disease. Um, When these programs came to Macon County, however, 
the research researchers prevented their subjects from receiving treatment. Some did receive arsenic and penicillin therapy, but it was not enough to be effective. Again, for anyone who's wondering why I'm anti-military and, like, anti-government, <laughs> this is why. Yep. Uh... Um, the case study closed in 1972. Only 74 of the original men were still alive. How many? 74. Oh, out of how many? Yeah. Out of... Six hundred. Jesus Christ. So the original three hundred ninety nine men who were in the study already testing positive for syphilis, mm-hmm. twenty eight died from it. A hundred died of related complications. Forty wives contracted syphilis as well, and nineteen children were born with congenital syphilis. So it didn't just affect the men; it affected their families. Too, yeah, which is very sad. I mean, it, it could continue to affect other people because, again, they might not have been married. They could have had partners. They could have multiple partners. Mm-hmm. I'm not accusing anybody of this, but there are some people who cheat on their spouses. <laughs> Ned Fulmer, um, <laughs> calling out, <laughs> calling out. I mean, at least he said it already. Um, but like it, they just kind of perpetuated syphilis because, like. You know, they allowed it to become to a be, bigger problem yeah. than it could have been. Exactly. Also, what is um, congenital syphilis? Perpetual syphilis? Congenital syphilis is when... You're just born with it? Yeah. Okay. It happens. It's like um, HIV, if a baby's born with HIV. Because the mother... Because if it's in the blood and the mother... The mother. The mother. The mother. Uh, and then the mother passes it on to the baby because of that contact with the blood. Like in the, I guess this is one thing that I just never understood. When it when something like that is it because they're in like um, because of the umbilical cord or because of like the 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 um not pancreas oh my god the placenta that the baby is in or is it because you know are you meaning for HIV or syphilis either or. Well, it could be that when you're born, you know, you have, you're born with, like, mucus. And that's pretty much where it is. It's in the mucus. Oh, okay. Um, but you have, like, I don't know if they're mucus plugs. I don't know totally about baby Neither birth. do I. I stay away from it. But you're born with, that's why nurses, when a baby's born, they have to wipe, like, immediately. They have to, like wipe the eyes and the mouth um but also it's just during birth there's so much blood like the mom is literally bleeding and so it's very easy that the baby can probably get it in their mouth and their eyes like so it's more of like when they're being born is when it they contract it it's not yes. less so much of like they're like it's in their DNA or something yes. like that. It Congenital means from birth. Okay. Yeah. God. Okay. See that. Or present at birth. Present at birth. Okay. See that's that was really my biggest question because I didn't understand if it was like it got passed in through like DNA or if it was because of like all the mess. That no, birth I think is. it's because all the mess because there are babies that can be born without it. without like if a mother has HIV. Mm-hmm. 
the baby doesn't necessarily contract it. Mm, okay. Well, I learned something about babies and childbirth now. So I'm sure it's similar with babies is they don't necessarily contract syphilis just because the mother, they share the mm-hmm. plus or the umbilical cord or whatever. Yeah. I'll probably, I would say I'd do some research on this, but I'm not interested in having a child. Anyways, so the reason the study came to an end was because of Peter Buxton. He was an employee of the Public Health Service who leaked information to the Associated Press and called public attention to it. Now, the good things that came from the experiment were in 1974, so two years after the experiment finished, Mm -hmm. Congress passed the National Research Act, which set up a commission to study and write regulations for studies involving human participants. It's the Office of Humor Research Protection, who they oversee clinical trials within the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Um, Also, studies now required informed consent, communicating diagnosis, and reporting of accurate results. So now they can't withhold your test results from you mm-hmm. or your like your original diagnosis when you go into the study. So if you go into the study with syphilis, they have to tell you you have syphilis. And then the test results they take from like the spinal taps or if it went on today, mm-hmm. they, they would, would have, have to, to tell you whatever results came back and sh- like show excuse me, show you. We love that. There's something else, and this is just in the psychology world. Um, I'm assuming that some of these trials probably had to take um, or, or gave some kind of um, support to this whole like law about having to give informed consent and all that. But it, it a lot of the times before that law was passed, like there were tests where um, people were just being psychologically evaluated or tested where they had no idea what was happening. We're going to talk about that next. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're going to talk about MKUltra next. Oh, well, it wasn't MKUltra. It was just like a, a small test. Like, you know, um, the rhesus monkeys, this is not a human thing, but like, you know, the rhesus monkeys were, um, oh, no, 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 that's not, not a good example. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about it. We can, okay. you can either cut it in or not later. But that was the end of the Tuskegee experiment. Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. That is a hard word for me to say. Tuskegee? Tuskegee. Tuskegee? I don't know. It's T-U-S-K-E-G-E-E. It sounds like Tuskegee. Tuskegee. It's a, it's a city in Alabama, I think. Oh, county. Oh, oh. But now we're moving on to Project MKUltra, which is very popular. Mm-hmm. A very popular conspiracy theory. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people know about it. Um, and this was that the government was researching mind control on American citizens. That was a theory that people were like, mm-hmm. this is what happened. Um, so in 1953, the CIA started human experimentations to develop procedures and identify drugs such as LSD to weaken an individual's state of mind during interrogation, essentially brainwashing them and psychologically torturing them. All in the name of protecting our country. Honestly, just let us die. (laughs) (laughs) The CIA didn't just stop at LSD, though. 
They use various drugs, electroshock, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, and verbal or sexual abuse. Okay. I don't really understand where the sexual part comes into place and why that would ever be like a okay thing to even think that's okay. The other stuff, not okay. It's the 50s. What can you I know, say? but still, like, the other stuff, not okay, but, like... It's like the honeypot. Have you ever heard of honeypot mission? Um, I'm thinking of a honeypot as in, like, um, stings to, like, lure out predators. Is that what you're talking about? I mean... In terms of, like, spy, if you ever watch spy movies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. a honeypot is when you send what someone is attracted to to seduce them. Oh, okay, yeah, it's the same thing. Them, yeah. It's the same thing. I Again, it's just the term that I know yeah. because of that specific thing. MKUltra was preceded by Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke. Um, Project Artichoke was... In August 20th, 1951, and was the CIA seeing if anyone could be involuntarily made to perform an assassination, also studying forced morphine addiction, hypnosis, and using chemicals to induce amnesia or other vulnerable states in subjects. And it included the Army, Navy, Air Force, and the FBI. So the goal of Project Artichoke was to establish control over a weaker and less in, or less intelligent people in society or potential defectors, POWs, refugees, or other persons who can give you information about our country's enemies. Mm-hmm. So MK Ultra started in 1953. So two years after Project Artichoke was coordinated by the CIA Office of Scientific Intelligence. Sidney Gottlieb, an American scientist, headed the project, and CIA Director Alan Dooley's ordered the beginning of it on April 13, 1953. Its test subjects were U.S. citizens, Danes, and Canadian citizens, along with POWs. They also operated in colleges, universities, hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies, under the pretense of different research. So again, it's them saying, we're doing this with this information. Really, they're doing something else with it. Mm, okay, sketchy. Um, it's the continuation of work from previous projects, so Bluebird and Artichoke, mm-hmm. and also experimenting done by Nazi concentration camps as they did recruit former Nazi scientists. You know, something tells me that you shouldn't pair up with these scientists that possibly any kind of credit that they may have should be stripped of them maybe they shouldn't work in that field anymore i mean at least not on a higher level i mean after world war ii we did take a lot of nazi scientists and they gave us a lot of their work or they worked for the government to research and things they didn't really find out a lot if i remember correctly they didn't yeah so discredit them, don't use them. You can take their narrative and that's about it. Yep. They also wanted to try to use it on foreign leaders, such as Fidel Castro, and they did make several schemes to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, this experiment was conducted without the consent from any of the test subjects, 
and also CIA fronts funded academic research unbeknownst to them that the CIA was using the results for these experiments. Um, they did attempt to, at the same time, make the perfect truth drug for use during the Cold War. Okay. Uh-huh. Is that an actual thing? Like a truth drug or something like that? I feel like I heard something about that. Alcohol. I mean, it is alcohol. <laughs> um, your mother's slipper. But no, I feel too. like there, there's actually like a drug that can do something like that. I think it like causes hallucinations. I want to say there is, but I don't know. Yeah, not really my realm. Of I don't know if it came from anything. this project. I mean, probably. We're always trying to control each other. Uh there was a mini project called Subproject 54, which was the Navy's purposed perfect concussion or proposed, I should say, um, perfect concussion to use subaural frequencies to erase one's memories. This was never carried out, though. Did they test anything out for this one or no? I think they proposed the idea. But they didn't like, get anywhere. Yeah, they didn't okay. get anywhere. But it's like very low frequencies where you can very you can barely hear it. And also from this project comes Operation Midnight Climax. Sounds sexy. I mean, I, mean, I think it it has to do with sex, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Um, it was one of their most famous tests. They were going to brothels in San Francisco. They blackmailed the men who would be too embarrassed to admit they were at a brothel. They drug them with LSD and watched their sessions through one-way mirrors. Others were subjected to interrogation under bright lights. The men involved were various government employees or military personnel. This resulted in deaths and long-term debilitations on the subjects. So wait, did they make them like... They made them take LSD. Oh, okay. While they were doing the thing or... Yes. Oh, okay. And the, did they force them to keep doing it? Like, did they essentially do the nasty until they died? No, I think it's just psychological trauma. They overdose people. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that they just made them keep going and going and going. And I was like, <laughs> wow, that is really cruel. <laughs> like, no. at least get them a Capri Sun or something. No, they just, like, they made them take these drugs. Mm-hmm. And then... Who cares what the drug's going to do to you? Yeah, because it's just like we just kind of got you by the balls. Um, but they didn't, they didn't just use LSD, though. Well, uh, in Operation Mid- Midnight Climax, they mm-hmm. did. But during the whole MK Ultra experiment, they would use any um, psychedelics. So mushrooms. like mushrooms, uh, mescaline, uh, ayahuasca, peyote, mm-hmm. all those that give you hallucination. They would also use hard drugs too, though. They would use like like morphine, heroin, all that stuff. Meth? Meth, yes. Yes. Um, Also part of this experiment was they offered heroin to heroin addicts if they took LSD for them and Mm -hmm. could watch the effects of it. So you'll get heroin. Yeah. But you gotta do this for mm-hmm. us. Was there ever a time where they were like cross? Where it was like they were obviously doing like heroin. They maybe were incapacitated because of heroin. 
um, or inebriated, I'm sorry, um, because of it. And then they offered them like, hey, I can get you more of this. And then they took the LSD there. So they were both on heroin and LSD at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it's the government. The CIA yeah, specifically. The CIA? Mm-hmm. The chair. Unfortunately, during 1973, under CIA director Richard Helms, um, most MKUltra records were destroyed. But there were more than 150 sub-projects sub sponsored by this project and other CIA-related programs. So in 1973, they basically tried to erase it. Mm-hmm. But they still had sub-projects going on as a result of MKUltra. what they learned from MKUltra. Okay, so they had baby sub-projects that kind of helped piece together what MKUltra was. Mm-hmm. But also in 1977, 20,000 documents did survive the purge because they were like basically in another room where they were like... And no one bothered to check. Yes, and basically they were like, oh my god, we still have more. Oh my gosh. Do a deep cleaning, guys. Do a better job. And in 1976, President Gerald Ford signed an executive order prohibiting the experiments of of drugs on human test subjects without their consent. With President Carter and Reagan expanding to apply to any human experimentations. There he is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And like the good thing about this whole thing with the three presidents is it was the standardization of consent when administering drug trials or other human experimentations. So again, this one and also the Tuskegee one mm-hmm. um, really brought about standardizing informed consent, sharing the result, letting people know what they're taking, <laughs> letting them know not if they're being as big of a shit as you could be, uh, letting people know if they're like they got something or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the theories that I have for you. So why do you think people believe in conspiracy theories? I mean, it just kind of helps explain away the the stuff in our world. Gives us something to put blame on or just mm-hmm. actually explain how things work. Like magnets. How the fuck do those things work? <laughs> Polar. I don't believe it. <laughs> but it they thrive during times of civil unrest as explanations of a group's anger or the suspicion casted upon another group or public figure. Um, it oh, One way to explain it would be the hostile collective. It's like an angry mom. Mm, okay. Um, I.e. COVID-19 conspiracy theories regarding 5G being the cause or Big Pharma hiding the content of the vaccine. Where it's like Bill Gates put a, I don't know why specifically Bill Gates, Bill Gates put a microchip in the vaccine and now everyone... You seen that? I love that video where it says when you're getting the vaccine versus what's really happening, and you see a microchip. <laughs> I don't think I've seen this. It's so funny. Either way, I mean, I uh, can confirm. Do not have a microchip. I'm not magnetic. I love the video. Not magnetic. I love the video of the woman going, "See, I'm magnetic now," and the magnet does not want to stick <laughs> yeah. to her. Not um, magnetic. 
um, can confirm that I do not have 5G, which is, I think, the worst part about this. <laughs> I think AT&T just updated their their sat- or their towers to have 5G. Because I'm pretty sure I have 5G. But anyway. I, I mean, I my body does not have 5G. Mm-hmm. I cannot be somebody's personal hotspot. Please date me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't date me, please. Um, but also another explanation would be people only getting their information from one source and discrediting other sources. Mm-hmm. So like if I only read the National Inquisitor or the National Enquirer and I don't read... Um, scholarly articles yeah the la times or mm, san jose mercury news yeah, or whatever. anything like that it's like i'm gonna believe what i trust and discredit everybody else yeah or everybody's favorite news network fox mm-hmm. news you just watch fox news um you're not getting the whole story do some more research yep and then there's three psychological reasons people believe or it's it's believed that people will given to conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. which is one the need for knowledge the bigger truth or the explanation of something so it's like during 9-11 why did it happen why is this happening to us i need to know why Mm -hmm. or COVID 19 why is this happening to us why are we shutting down i need to know why so it's searching for that bigger truth of why something's happening yeah uh, that goes along with the feeling of uncertainty and wanting to feel like you're in the know. And the second reason would be your existential need of you wanting to feel safe and having a purpose in the world. So it's just like people looking for themselves, mm-hmm. thinking, why am I here? Why is this happening? And why am I here while it's happening? In a more philosophical sense. Mm-hmm. And that goes along with the feeling of Especially with, again, Mm COVID-19, a lot of people felt powerless or that they had no control over certain things because the government's basically saying everyone's shutting down. You got to stay home. And people are like, well, you don't control me. I control me. I want to go out. I'm going to go out. Uh, I have things to say, but (laughs) I'm not going to say it. Um, three is social acceptance. So it'd be like sheeple. It's like mm-hmm. people want to feel included for the most part. So they may latch onto these theories to appease their social group. So it's like, if I believe alien or the queen was a lizard person, RIP the queen. Uh, and let's say all of our friend like, group believed that. Yeah. And everybody else believed it. And then we said, do you believe it? I would be more inclined to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah you'd be like, totally. of course I believe it. And then just in the back of my head, I'm just like, I have no idea what we're even talking about, guys. I just wanted some tacos. These guys are crazy. Yeah, it could just be that. And then, again, even like uh, being put in that situation, you could start to believe it, even if you don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Or just the pressure of the mob mentality versus yeah, that, the Obviously, individual. that's the truth because everybody's pushing it so hard. It's like yeah. in Men in Black 2. Or I think Men in Black 1. No, it is one men, men in Black 1. Maybe or, it was number two, though. I don't know. No, you're right. It was definitely the first movie. <laughs> but Tommy Lee Jones' character says, a person is smart. Mm-hmm. People are dumb. Yeah. So it's like, if you can explain to one individual, it's like that individual is smart enough to think for themselves. 
But when you get a group of people together, people are hella dumb. Yeah. So it's like 100% true, yeah. one person who's the loudest with the dumbest idea is going to spread it to everybody else. But yeah, that's all I have on conspiracy theories. I do have my favorite ones, but this is running kind of long, so I don't know if you want to. I mean, we can. That's fine. Okay. We're the one that edits the audio, so it's <laughs> up to you. Really? No. Um, just some of my favorite conspiracy theories are vegan eggs versus regular eggs. Which was the egg industry. And I'm sure you've heard it on Jenna oh, Marble's yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, where they, uh, the egg industry is trying to make it harder for vegans to buy like the vegan egg yes. products. They're basically putting the actual eggs in front of vegan egg, like the mayonnaise specifically. Like the just egg or just mayo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, wait. So in that sense, are they putting like let's say the craft mayonnaise in front of the vegan mayonnaise or like they actually put regular mayonnaise inside of like the just mayonnaise? No, no, no. They would put their products in front of the vegan products. Oh, so, okay. Like, so they, they the... wouldn't be faced forward. Mm-hmm. So like even with the cold section, you know how there's that corner where you can mm-hmm. find the vegan stuff? So it would be putting regular stuff in front of it Oh, okay. to hide it from the public. Listen, all I'm saying is that if I'm determined to find some of this stuff, I'm going to tear your shelf apart and then put it back together because I'm, I'm not a dick. I mean, we worked in the grocery store, we know. We know yeah, but is. I was also taught decency by well, my mother. Too, like, goddamn, I put my shopping cart away. Oh, I don't do that. Oh, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, second would be celebrity lizard people. So... The Queen again. Um, Katy Perry. or R.I.P. I know, R.I.P. The Queen. I loved her. Harpy Coolio. He's a rapper. Oh. Um, or news reporters. If you've ever seen the YouTube videos where the news reporters, their eyes blink sideways instead of up and down. No, I've and never seen that. And their eyes glow slightly and people are like, oh my God, they're sh- they like drop their disguise for a second. I don't think I believe that one. <laughs> I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Please do, because I'm curious. Like... I, w- I wonder if it's like kind of like the the spirit orbs that people see in like ghost videos where it looks like just like a little fuzz or a fleck of dust floating no, in the this, air. Some of them actually look weird where it's like, did someone edit it to be like that or is that actually happening? Because there's a there's one specifically of a girl where it literally her eye, her eye blinks sideways. So it's like, I don't know hmm. if it's like a trick of the camera or what it is. I mean, I definitely want to see that one. And it happened on live TV. On live TV? Live TV, TV, guys. Um, The third one would be dead celebrity replacement. Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne, Paul McCartney, Tom Cruise, apparently. Or Tom Cruise is a clone. I mean, he does look soulless. Yeah. um, What was another one? Didn't you say, like, Shakira was one of them? No, not Shakira. Not Shakira. Um, Beyonce? Oh no, Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner was one. Like they replaced her from like yeah. her teen self to like her adult self? I think so. She's just a clone. Beyonce. Okay. After Sasha, Sasha Fierce. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or some people said she killed old Beyonce and now she's new Beyonce. <laughs> um, Flat Earth Theory. I definitely enjoy that one. I don't believe it, but they I enjoy pr- no, hearing they about it. They proved themselves wrong, though, in the, their own documentary. 
They what? They prove themselves wrong. Oh. They do an experiment where they said, if this reflects that perfectly, it's like a flat straight. earth. But if I have to raise it, that proves that the earth is curved. And he had to raise it. Yeah. Um, and then the last one would be hollow earth theory, which is under the earth's crust, mm-hmm. there's a world inside. So if you ever watched Kong or Godzilla versus Kong. I think we went over this and now. Oh. But anyways, <laughs> but like they, go an inside, yeah, they go under the crust, like a certain depth under, and then they found a whole new world. If you ever watch Ice Age, did you watch Ice Age with Buck? I'm sorry, what? I The only Ice Age I've watched is the animated movie. Yeah, it's the fourth one. Oh, I don't think I've seen the fourth one. I think I just remember the first one, like, very clearly. The second one is, like, fuzzy in my head. I basically don't remember the plot. Third one, I know what the characters are in it, and I'm just like, hmm. The fourth, the fourth one, one didn't even know it existed. The fourth one, they go through the ice, and they find dinosaurs and Buck, uh, a I'm, weasel. Oh, okay. Um, something tells me that people made a conspiracy theory out of that movie. Maybe it's older than that. No. It, it was definitely because of the movie. It's because of Ice Age 4. Yeah. I believe it. Okay. But that's all I have for you on conspiracy theories for now. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, guys. And you can find us on our socials at ofrickpod. On YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you. I was about to say Snapchat. No, we don't (laughs) have a Snapchat. I have this in there? No, but thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.